All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to V Brown Bag. Uh, tonight, we are going to get back to our roots and talk about some VMware stuff. Uh, we're going to get some of the latest updates on the VMware Cloud Foundation Lab Constructor, or VLC for short, uh, You know, on, running it on your prem. How can you run the entire VCF stack in your own home lab, or maybe you have a lab at work, whatever the case may be. Um, VMware's done a great job of making that available to folks with the licenses that you can get through things like VMUG or the vExpert program. Uh, but it can be a lot to set it up unless you have an automated procedure to do so. Uh, we've heard about it before on vBrownBag, but it's been a while. So let's hear the latest tonight. Joining us are Ben and Heath from VMware. Welcome, guys. Appreciate you joining us tonight. Uh, I am Ken Nalbon. Before I hand it over to the guys tonight, though, I want to remind folks that you can join in on the conversation tonight. We have both the chat and the QA. I'm just going to ask folks to please use the Q&A for consistency's sake so that I don't miss something. Uh, if something comes in on chat and I'm watching QA or vice versa. Uh, also, if you're watching live, though, uh, and you like Twitter better, just use the hashtag vBrownBag. I'll be watching that tonight, and I will respond to any questions that come across that way and bring them up for the guys here, for Ben and Heath to answer along the way. Uh, if you are watching us from another country outside the U.S., did you know we have shows in multiple regions? You can see them listed here on the right-hand side. You can go to vbrandbag.com slash brandbags to find the Zoom link to sign up for any of those other ones. If you're watching this live tonight, did you know we have a YouTube channel? If you don't, check it out. It's the only V Brown bag on YouTube. I think the URL is youtube.com slash V Brown bag, but I could be wrong, uh, but it's not hard to search and vice versa. If you're watching this on YouTube, check us out live. We record weekly on Wednesdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Um, I have talked on long enough, though. I'm not the one you came to hear tonight. I think you want to hear from our two guests. So I'm going to hand it over to Ben and Heath. I'm going to stop sharing my screen, guys, and hand it over to you now. All right. Let me pick that share up. Thanks so much for having us. Mm -hmm. um, okay, everybody see the presentation? Yeah, it looks good. We do. Excellent. Okay. Um, so there aren't going to be a ton of slides. I might have a lot of slides in the deck, but uh, we're not going to go through them all. So don't worry about that. We're going to talk a little bit about you know what Cloud Foundation is. The expectation is that everybody's got a pretty good idea. It's been around for... Uh, five, six years now, right? Um, but the main thing we're going to talk about is this VMware Cloud Foundation Lab Constructor, or VLC, which is automation for getting VCF set up in a quick way, in a nested way, so that you don't have the requirements of, you know, a half million dollars worth of hardware. Um, we'll, we'll go in depth with that. I know one of the things that we wanted to do was we're actually going to kind of go step by step through a deployment, right? Show you, uh, the prereqs, uh, that you need, uh, and, and kind of how they're set up. Uh, and then we'll go ahead and we'll walk through the UI of VLC, and then we'll actually start a deployment. Now, I did it earlier today. It took one hour and 24 minutes, and I don't think we have that kind of time. So I also have some other labs set up as well as Heath has a, a lab set up so we can show you, you know, things that you can do with Cloud Foundation once it is set up in your lab. It's not just something that you're going to set up and look at and go, Ooh, isn't that pretty, it, right? There's there's functionality to it um, that, that you can use and, and learn from. So the main part is going to be a demo, but it's going to be a walkthrough on kind of the how and, you know, what to do afterwards. Then we'll talk about how you can go ahead and get the bits. And we've got a great community out there. We have our own uh, kind of external Slack instance from VMware where there's all kinds of folks uh, that'll help. And it's been kind of quiet in there lately. So we need some, we need some new folks in there asking questions. Um, so, all right, with that, uh, I'll cover really quickly Cloud Foundation. Cloud Foundation is our entire stack, right? Compute or vSphere, uh, ESXi, vCenter, um, as well as storage, um, vSAN, but we also support VMC over F, uh, VMFS over FC. Uh, we support NFS um, and, uh, and vVols as well for storage options. Um, and then you also have networking and security with NSX. And 
Uh, that goes far beyond uh, software-defined networking, right? With the security aspects of it, you have intrusion detection, you have intrusion prevention pieces, um, and you have you know the ability to have user-based firewalls. All of these things actually work in in nested as well, right? So if it's something that you haven't touched before. Um, if you want to check out what this new HCI mesh thing is with vSAN and, and figure out how maybe that could help you in your environment, um, this is a great way to do that. Uh, not, not everybody has labs uh, like, like I do. Um, and I don't actually have full physical labs anywhere. anywhere. Everything I have is nested, um, so it usually runs on on one physical box. Um, the other thing about VMware Cloud Foundation is we have a lot of our other applications and management pieces that plug into this, which makes VMware Cloud Foundation the perfect place for building solutions. So everything from uh, the Tanzu Kubernetes services, right? If you're doing DevOps, you can use uh, continuous integration, continuous development from the vRealize suite coupled with uh, the Kubernetes pieces. Um, you, you can deploy standard VMs and applications. You can deploy multi-tier architecture on SDN so that you're not using up VLANs. You can secure things. Um, at the endpoint with the distributed firewall. Um, so there are, it, it is amazing the amount of things that you can do and you're never gonna run out of things to do um, in your lab with Cloud Foundation as the base of it. And so what the problem is, is that, like I said before, it's a half million dollars worth of hardware just to, you know, get it up and running and to the point where you could build those things on it in a physical infrastructure. Now, I'm I'm not poo-pooing physical in infrastructure at all because uh, we need that for the performance piece of it. Um, nested is just not going to perform as well uh, as actual, you know, the scale out physical infrastructure with many disks, right, serving all the I.O. Uh, and and high-speed switches and the entire physical infrastructure um, is needed when you're deploying production applications. But um, that nested infrastructure is the one that'll give you the ability to try things without breaking, without burning a bunch of money, um, right, on on physical gear right away so that you can have a plan to go forward with. So VCF by default, right, needs four vSAN ready nodes, uh, just at a minimum. Uh, the management domain, uh, which is a piece of it, requires those four nodes just for what we call bring up or to kind of stand up the base operational piece. Then as you build out workload domains, this slide is actually incorrect. Um, we now have two node workload domains uh, that you can create or clusters. Uh, they have to be backed by NFS. So we don't support vSAN in the two node configuration yet. But you can see, so you need six hosts to run workloads, uh, right? As well as a, a management and have that separation. So. What we've done, and I've talked a bunch about it already, is right. we've nested all of these things. Uh, and to do that, I like to do it on one physical host, right? That physical host uh, will then deploy the four nested hosts that we talked about for management. Um, and it will deploy what's called Cloud Builder. Cloud Builder is the piece that configures those four nested hosts uh, and then will uh, also lay down vCenter, NSX Manager, uh, as well as SDDC Manager, and configure the cluster, configure the switches, um, configure all the VMK NICs for traffic separation, for vSAN, vMotion, uh, NSX, and stand up your, uh, your SDDC. Um, yeah. Um, so... 
you can see here that we also uh, have four additional hosts over on the right uh, above the workload domains moniker. So we have the ability to expand uh, in nested. Uh, we have something in uh, VLC either on bring up, you can deploy additional nested hosts. Um, I had one guy on our team decided to do 16, right? Um, it, it took his server for a little ride, but it, it did get done. Um, so, you know, you can make it just about as, as big as you want, as long as you have the backend, like physical horsepower to, to, to run those things. Um, or, you know, you can run this expansion pack is the feature with VLC so that you can add additional hosts on, so you can build workload domains, so you can scale workload domains that you already have or clusters that you have uh, in place. All right. Um, so what exactly is VLC, right? Um, it's a really big PowerShell script that I've been working on for a long time. Uh, long story short, and um, it's it's not very big. Um, there are a lot of configuration files, but those configuration files are kind of set up for an autom automated deployment in a very prescriptive way um, because we also have a complete set of labs that you know, have screenshots and manuals and you can do everything from SDN to deploying uh, applications automatically with vRealize Automation. And because of the way we deploy this automatically, all those things match up, right? So that we can deliver that to you. However, there is, there is an automated mode which deploys all the internal services you need, the DHCP, NTP, uh, NFS, BGP, right? All of those things will be deployed and configured automatically, or you can do manual mode. There's, you know, there's this, uh, I guess, dividing line with us IT folks. Uh, in the first place, we're kind of control control freaks, right? We We like to control everything and make sure that, you know, we can fix it really. Um, at least that's that's how I feel. Uh, and then the other part is that we really like automation. We like things to kind of happen automatically for us. Uh, so this is kind of the in-between of those two things. And that's why we have both automated and manual. So if you want to build your own router out and peer it with BGP and have your own DNS, your own DHCP server, you can totally do that. Um, I've had plenty of customers, uh, partners that do that because they feel it's going to be closer to their environment so that when they are testing these things, right, the functions that they're going to be doing in production, it's really close and it's isolated. So it can actually be very close to exact, right, except for the actual running on physical hardware piece of it. Um, we also have uh, logging. This was fun for, for quite a while. I, I know at the beginning I told you it took me an hour and 24 minutes to deploy uh, VCF today on my server. I was going to try to get it done during the call, um, but it's always fun to see people like post that log entry uh, in the Slack channel so you can see who's faster, who's not. And I'll tell you, the, the 64 core Threadrippers really they'll get it done in under an hour uh it's it's kind of amazing as long as they got a nice fast ssd peered with it um so that's a an investment that might be uh might be worth it but we haven't tried any new intels in a while all right so real quickly just so we know what we're looking at uh because we're gonna very shortly kind of look at some labs in depth and so we have this Windows jump host, right, over on the right in the purple. Uh, it's actually running 2019 in my lab. Uh, and then we have a NIC that's plugged into this VCF port group. And it's on a standard switch, a single physical hypervisor, ESXi 7.0.3, I think it is. 
then when we start building, right, we'll build these layer two or nested hypervisors. And they will have their own distributed virtual switches. And they will have the, the own, their own hypervisors will be there. But they'll look like VMs to us when we are logged into this physical layer. Right, we'll see that in just a second. And then if we log into the vCenter or one of the nested hosts, and I, I guess I should say if we log into the nested vCenter or the nested SDDC manager that's running on top of the nested host, this is where inception right kicks in. Um we, we'll be able to see those consuming resources from the nested hosts. All right. Oh, okay. So minimum required hardware. Um, and this, this is like the bare minimum. If you go below this, all bets are off. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about this, right? So two sockets, 12 cores. Um, the things, <laughs> the, the V center that is deployed by default with bring up is 12 cores. Okay, so that is that is why that is the bare minimum. Uh, 128 gig of RAM of all the things that are deployed, um, like the NSX manager is 16 gig and it's reserved at first. So you need it to be at least that big. Then you have vCenter, which is another, I believe the, the vCenter is 16 gig. The STDC manager is 16 gig. So, you know, and each one of the nested hosts on that layer two, we typically, like the default size is 64 gig of RAM. Now, you remember I said we need four of those hosts. That's 256 gigs of RAM. How can we run on 128 gig of RAM? Well, we can, right? Because of virtualization and over-provisioning. Things, you know, once you fill that up, stuff starts paging out to disk um, and things start getting bottlenecked and very slow. But we've tested it with 128 gig of RAM. You, you know, you can run uh, the, the management domain and a couple of workloads inside of the management domain, which is called a consolidated deployment. Um, so you can totally do that on, on this hardware. Um, the other part is this SSD part. Now, when you deploy it, it's 636 gig of SSD that's taken up. So 800 gig is pretty much the bare minimum because the other thing that happens is you have vSAN at that layer two. And the default storage policy that's set there is RAID 1, which means mirrored. So all of your storage is actually doubled. So when it starts writing out log entries or you start doing things with backups, maybe, right? All that space is, is doubled. Um, so at 800 gig, you're going to run out of space pretty quick. you got about... If you do nothing with the environment, you probably have about a week of runtime before everything fails horribly and, you know, stuff starts locking up and the nested hosts start dropping offline. Um, and you'll know when there's a problem, I guess uh, that might be the plus. Now, um, I have some slides much later on if we get to them where I actually went um, and looked up some bare metal hosts and, you know, what those cost to rent, uh, as well as they went out to eBay. So that we can see, right, like what this would cost. And for me, you know, when I look at a cost like that, it's the cost of an education for me, right? I, I run my own home lab stuff. I know Heath kind of got out of it um, because, you know, of, of various reasons. And there's people that say, well, you know, work should provide that for me. And so there's, there's differing opinions, but we'll take a look at it <clears throat> if we have time. All right, so the prerequisites um, here, you need at least one host, 128 gig of RAM. I'm actually gonna stop sharing this and let's go share the lab. I think it's this one, it's big, it's blue, it's empty, right? You guys see the, 
uh, virtual desktop or the sure do, yeah. Cool. All right. So let's, since we're starting with the host, oops. I was going to take a picture of this post um, because it's down my basement. And, um, you know, when you see, those pictures of like the world's worst wiring closets and stuff like that. That's, that's kind of what my host looks like. And I live in Wisconsin. It's the beginning of winter. I just loaded a cord of wood down the basement next to the wood burner, which happens to be next to where the server is. And I had to move it. So it's kind of just propped up against the wall. It's not how you want to keep your hardware, but you know what? It still works and it'll, uh, it's plugged into a UPS. So I got that going for it. All right, so um, here's our host. We can see that we got a bunch of VMs running on it already. So these right here um, is another instance of VCF that I've already deployed and I already have running. And you can see that we've got, um, uh, what, seven servers here and then the Cloud Builder. So the seven servers to me says, okay, I got four for management domain and I got another three for workload domain. Um, and if we take a look at them, we can see they're 12 CPU by 96 gig each because I deployed the vRealize suite on here and, you know, we kind of got to pump up the amount of CPU, uh, as well as Ram for, for that to run properly. Um, so I already built a, a jump host, right? Uh, which is the V brown bag jump go figure, but we want to check out some of the prereqs here. So um, we'll go ahead and look. So we're plugged into the V brown bag port group. All right. Um, one of the first things that you're going to have to do is set up a port group. Now, because this is a single host, I've actually set up an entire virtual switch for it the V brown bag switch. The benefit here, uh, I have a host, this host has uh, 64 cores and 512 gig of RAM. So cores, you know, is, is pretty big, um, but I usually end up running out of RAM um, with only 512 gig when I deploy a lot of uh, multiple um, instances. So the settings that, that, need to be changed when you create a new switch in here is you want the MTU to be 9,000. That's pretty much it inside of the standard switch. The other piece is you see, I, I don't have any physical adapters. This is not connected to the physical wire. That means all the traffic stays within the host, right? So all the nested um, hosts or nested VMs have VMX net threes, which are equivalent to 10 gig NICs, right? So I can go 10 gig between all of the VMs because I'm on a single host and because I'm on a single switch, right? There's no wire, there's no uh, other switch in the mix. So this, this is what I find works the fastest. And I realize that you know, people have clusters that they've paid a lot of money for, you know, uh, and that's their lab. And, and that's fine. Hopefully you have 10 gig switches connecting them because you're running nested vSAN on top of this. So if you have, you know, nested hosts on one physical host and then part of that same vSAN cluster that's nested, you got them on another physical host, the traffic has to go between those. And if you don't have got contention or anything like that, it can, it can really uh, <clears throat> affect your performance. All right, so on this uh, switch, I've actually created a port group. And inside of the port group, we've set this to VLAN 4095, which equals trunk port group is basically what it means. If this was a vCenter and we were deploying this to a distributed virtual switch, we could actually select the, the port group to say trunk port group. 
the other piece on the port group that you need to do and the jury's uh still out on this um there is mac learning now on the newer esxi however um previous versions which we still support right um we have some people on 6.7 uh still and i think one person on 6.5 which it's interesting that esxi 7.0.x runs on those uh and kind of cool um but so we need to be able to see all of the traffic from the nested hosts and that's what promiscuous mode mac address changes and forge transmits are it's important that you set this on the port group um, inheriting it from the vSwitch doesn't work for reasons beyond uh, passive understanding. All right, so you got your host um, set up. That's pretty much the only thing you need to do if it's a single host, create a switch, create a port group, set the security on the port group to all accept, and turn on trunking. Once that is done, um, you're going to want to set up your jump host. Because we're on the jump host already, um, there's a couple things you need on the jump host. One is um, Power CLI. So that's pretty easy, right? Um, install dash module uh, space VMware.PowerCLI. And as long as you have internet connectivity, it'll go ahead and drag it down uh, and install it for you. Then you also need the OVF tool. Um, 4.4 plus, um, Jim, uh, my my uh, director told me the other day that now you've got to authenticate um, and to, to download it. So make sure that you have a, a customer connect account or something like that uh, so that you can get that. <clears throat> PowerCLI doesn't require that. Um, then the other piece of it, because of the trunk group stuff that we did in the host, um, you there are a couple of ways that you can do it, but the the way that um, that is documented is to come in here um, and configure the advanced configuration setting for the VLAN ID, and you set this to ten. That way, this is the default management VLAN ID that comes with VLC, right? So if we look at the um, config file that we have, it says VLAN 10. That's where it's going to put all the nested hosts. That's where it's going to put vCenter, NSX Manager, SDDC Manager. So they all go on this VLAN. And this jump host needs to be able to speak with them. So this Nick is plugged into that V brown bag port group. It's tagging all of its traffic with VLAN 10. So it will be able to do that. Okay, so what do we got? Power CLI, OVF tool. We've got our VLAN ID set. There are other things, um, although I haven't had as much of a problem with them during server 20 after server 2019 came out um and that's like the windows defender firewall and things like that um, and actually all the firewalls you want to make sure those things are all disabled right and then they they have the one for the public firewall and the private firewall and then if it's a domain controller you got the domain firewall you just want to make sure those are all off at least during this deployment phase, because it can cause weird problems and make things very, very slow. Um, it's a lab, it's okay. You can turn it back on after the deployment is done, um, but during the deployment, you wanna, you wanna shut those things off. And we are focusing on a single host that we are deploying to, that we're gonna point VLC to. There are, other considerations if you are pointing towards a cluster, if you're pointing towards a vSAN cluster, if you're, you know, if you're pointing at a, a vCenter that has a single host, those are all documented, but we're just taking the easy route here and we're going with the, the single host. All right. So I believe we have 
everything set there are there are a few other things you probably want like chrome is nice uh to have instead of uh internet explorer or edge or right whatever whatever comes on here nowadays and putty although again with server 2019 i don't know if uh you folks know about it but it actually comes with ssh in the command prompt now which is kind of kind of neat and i think it even does uh uh s yeah thought it did sftp but you just do that with ssh anyways all right so um you need to download a really big download nowadays cloud builder right so 4.5 was just ga'd last week um and it is coming in now at a whopping 23 gig um that is really big but it does contain pretty much everything you need esxi nsx <clears throat> vcenter stbc manager right it's all there it's all in the single ova um where you know i get i don't know uh, concerned about it is you actually have to deploy this right and it takes anywhere from 16 to 20 minutes just to deploy this thing um, to, you know, some pretty fast servers with, with enterprise level SSDs. Um, now I realize we need it, but uh, I wish there was a way that, that we could trim this down, um, much less how long it takes you to download it. Now, the other piece that is not nearly as big is, is VLC. Right, so VLC is something, it's a zip file. Uh, I'm actually gonna publish this 4.5 version. I finished it up today. Uh, there's a couple people testing it yet. I'm just waiting for feedback and it will probably go up on the uh, VLC Slack for download shortly, um, right by the end of the week for sure. Uh, and I'll, I'll show you all the things for VLC Slack a little bit later. Um, and that's that community that I'm talking about. So inside of here, you can see that we've got quite a few files. The one that you uh, want to be concerned about first is this VCL, uh, VCF Lab Constructor install guide. Uh, or if you're running a Ryzen, you're going to want to read this one too. That was written by a community member. Um, there's some NSX funniness. But if we take a look at the install guide, um, you can see there's a really extensive list of things that you have to do. Oh, you guys are are the first ones to see the you know all the new stuff, right? Um, that comes out with this four or five. And the last time that the brown bag had an update was 4.0. So we've got a ton of stuff, a ton of new stuff um, that we can go through uh, and and is automated now. All right. Well, then let's look at it then. All right. So let's go ahead and open our VLC GUI. And GUI means it's actually got a UI. But if you caught that when I was looking at the install guide, one of the things that is coming out with 4.5 is headless mode. So once you create a configuration file with here, you can save it and then you just run a command, right? You delete all the VMs, you run that command with passing it the parameter of the config file, and it'll go ahead and just deploy your... Uh, your uh, environment. Okay, so the first screen that comes up here, uh, you see we got some big buttons over on the left. So automated, this is the one that will build all the services and configure all the services for you, um, as well as you know deploy Cloud Builder, deploy all the nested hosts, configure everything, stand it all up, and you know between. Uh, an hour and four hours later, depending on what you select, um, you'll have a fully configured stood up SDDC for about five minutes worth of work, right? Um, so then there's manual mode. This is the one where you guys and, and girls are the ones that are setting up your own services. And then you're going to plug those in um, to, to VLC here, right? Like, uh, you you want uh, your own VLANs, right? You want your own subnets. Those sort of things are what you um, 
would have to have configured in your environment prior to running this. And then expansion pack, that's the one we talked about where, hey, if you just want to stand up a whole bunch of ESXi hosts and you don't even want to use Cloud Foundation, this is the thing for you, right? You could download VLC just to use it for the expansion pack. You can build a, a config JSON file to build yourself as many hosts as you want, and it'll just spit them all out um, nested and put them on your physical infrastructure for you. And then you can, you know, configure them to be whatever you want. Um, I like automation more than that. So, um, you know, having a bunch of hosts that, that don't get sucked into something that's going to configure them all for me doesn't excite me as much. But let's dive into the automated portion of it. So what this does is <clears throat> this um, public JSON file here that we have. Let's select one that has licenses in it. Um, it will go ahead and populate everything that it can that's in that file. So if we take a look at the file, and there's a couple of different ways we can do it. Uh, really? We can't open that type of file. Open with. How about Notepad? It's a JSON. We can do it. All right. Um, so you can see in here we've got IP addresses, usernames, passwords, network pools. Everything in here is configurable. If you want to fit your environment, you can come in, you can change this, uh, and it will be, you know, it'll be totally fine. Um, you just need to make sure that everything that gets deployed is on that kind of same scheme, the same subnet. And the way to do that um, is to use the, um, I can't remember what it's called, the, the planner, um, the VMware Validated Solutions Planning Workbook is what it's called. And this will allow you to kind of lay everything out inside of an Excel spreadsheet. Um, there is a smaller one if you're just doing um, a single, right, VCF deployment with the management domain. Um, and that gets turned into this JSON that we're looking at here. So if you're not comfortable editing a JSON, there are Excel spreadsheets, right, that actually ship with Cloud Builder. Uh, the, the VBS one is available on uh, core.vmware.com. Uh, and you can fill that out. And then you use um, a tool inside of Cloud Builder to produce the JSON. <clears throat> and then you can pass that JSON, your customized JSON, you can pass it right here into VLC and it'll it'll spit out your um, your configuration and deploy and configure your configuration that you want. And you can use that either in automated mode or manual mode. Just remember if it's manual mode, you got to build all this stuff yourself as far as services goes. Um, okay, so going through kind of step-by-step step here, we can see that main VLANs filled in, the, the management network, right? The, the subnet that it's on, the management gateway and Cloud Builder are both the same because Cloud Builder is the router in this case. Now, here's an external gateway and external DNS. So if you want Cloud Builder to be able to get out to the internet, and usually you do because there's things like updates, right? That you want your nested environment to get, you'll set up something uh, like a PFSense router or a VIOS router, uh, or maybe you have you know a physical router and it'll need to be plugged into this port group, the V brown bag port group, um, so that traffic can flow between this 10.0.0.x network and the external world, right? So you need a bridge or a router um, to, to get you out of the nested world. External DNS is the same way. We had some folks that uh, were trying to use this inside a lab. And, uh, you know, Ken was talking before um, about IT guys making unilateral decisions and blocking everything under the sun. 
And in some cases, that's good. In some cases, it's just really annoying. But you can plug in a DNS server, a specific DNS server, if your IT team, for instance, blocks all DNS outbound and you must use the internal one, you can put that in here. And that'll give you the ability to resolve <coughs> names. If you don't put anything in here, it uh, defaults to 8.8.8.8. .8 .8 .8. um, remember that big 23, uh, 23 gig download? This is what I'll be selecting there, right? So your cloud builder prefix for the VMs. So this is this 4.5 VLC right here. So if we pop VBB in there for VM or uh, uh, V brown bag, I'll make it a little V because I think that's right. That'll just uh, append this onto all of the nested stuff that it creates. Then you've got your password, super secret password there, right? And it's pulling all of this, everything in gray, it pulls out of this JSON file up here on top. So an additional host JSON. Remember I said that at bring up or using the expansion pack, you can just create extra nested hosts. So in here we have a sample file. Let's take a look at it real quick because it's pretty simple. And there we go. There it is. Back there somewhere. Okay. All right. So here you can see we have three nested hosts it's going to create. These are smaller because they're going to be for the workload domain. So you've got four CPUs, 32 gig of RAM, right? And then your OS disk, your cache disk, and your um, capacity drive, IP address, subnet, and gateway. Uh, along with the name, right? And the name will uh, actually end up getting this uh, appended, uh, pre-appended, appended onto it um, when it sets the host name. So they'll actually be esxi-10.vcf.sdbc.lab. When you do this additional host JSON and you have automated selected, it'll actually put everything in the DNS for you as well. Right, so all this ESXi 10.11.12.vcf.sdbc.lab will point to 10.0.0.1.10.11.12. It'll all be in there for you. And when you select this, again, in automated mode, you can say, okay, so the first three hosts, um, we can make a workload domain with them, separate workload domain. We, we deploy another vCenter, another NSX manager, create a cluster and put these three hosts in it. Or we can create a cluster as part of the management domain, or we can do nothing with it and just commission them, right? Uh, so we'll select none and just commission them. Now, down here, we have this do bring up. So that's just going to execute after, after it builds all of the nested hosts and imports Cloud Builder. It's going to make an API call, and it's going to throw this JSON at Cloud Builder. And so we'll shut that off for now. Um, but if we do that, then we can't do our, our hosts, right? So we'll have them be commissioned. And then if we do bring up, we also, if we don't do bring up rather, we can't deploy an edge cluster or any of these other fun things that we have, right? Like deploying workload management, which is kind of the precursor to, to Tanzu, but it allows Kubernetes um, workloads to be deployed uh, on vSphere. And then AVNs or application virtual networks. So if you deploy the edge cluster and then you deploy AVNs, now you have uh, not only an edge cluster, but you have a tier zero router, a tier one router, and a couple of segments. So right away, you're able to route in and out of NSX land, right? And be able to take a look at how that works. Um, so we can go ahead and we can just say deploy all of these things. Now, over on the, the right-hand side, this is super easy. It's just your environment. Right, and so we can see up here, we're gonna connect to 15 um, and then root and my super secret password. I'm sure nobody can guess. And then we hit connect and um, back here, this is kind of important. Uh, so if we look, we can kind of see what it's doing 
and it's doing some pre-checks, right? So you saw before that we had multiple switches on this and some of the switches don't fit the bill. So remember when we had to set the switch we created to 9,000, VLC actually checks for 8940 or higher, right? Um, it also checks your port group uh, to see if your security settings are set properly. So a lot of the things that I talked about and warned about um, are actually validation checks inside here. The, the 800 gig is another thing. So as soon as we select our port group and we select you know this uh, data store here um, and we click validate, it's going to go out and it's going to check and kind of make sure that everything that we uh, put is uh, is in place. This is an excellent learning moment, everyone. So you see over here what I've done is I have highlighted this inside of the PowerShell window. That pauses the script. I can't tell you how many times I've sat here staring at this thing because I've got a tiny little like that highlighted or something. So you see how this is doing nothing and we've got a little uh, spinny circle. So go ahead, hit the window and press the escape key and then magically everything starts working again. I love those learning moments. All right, so as I was saying, you know, validation so we can see 800 gig or more, 300 gig for expansion. So we got, three and a half terabytes on this drive, we're totally fine, right? Um, so the next step <clears throat> would be to click construct and it kind of locks everything, right? So you can't make any changes, but if you need to, you can click the back button one time, make whatever changes you want. Like, you know, maybe I do want a gateway in there so that I can get out to the internet at some point. Maybe I want, you know, to create a cluster. So then we click validate again, it goes back out, checks again, and then we can click construct. So let's go ahead and click construct. And then we'll see right away, it's found you know, the OVA file uh, and it's importing it. We can see the disk progress here and there's actually multiple windows, right? There's a process window and a logging window. Um, your errors are going to show up over here in the process window if there are any. Hopefully they're not, right? But if you see red over here, usually it's a bad thing. Not always, but usually it's a bad thing, right? The logging window isn't ever going to show you that, um, but the logging window moves a lot slower because it only has, you know, pertinent information as to, you know, what you put in and, and those sort of things, right? Um, so yeah, at this point we're, we're kind of on our way. This is starting that 16 to 20 minutes, uh, to actually import this because it is, uh, 23 gig, right? So, um, at this point, let's see what time we got here. There's 1.21 AM. I don't think that's right. All right. 7.21 PM. So I've been going for quite a while. Uh, we've got our deployment rolling, um, Keith, do you want to show them what uh, you can do with it? Like you're the big bang, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let me stop this. And um, yeah. Flip over to this one. All right. So this is the, uh, do you want fries with that? Right. So we just watched Ben deploy a single site, right? So we've got our jump host here. We're able to RDP into it. And he mentioned you can also do this and deploy like a PFSense router or something like that to control it and get into it. Um, but what if you wanted to do multi-site, right? And have a use case of multiple instances of this. If you have a big enough uh, physical ESX or I host to run this on, you can actually go one step further, right? And deploy two instances of VLC running on a single host. And so in my lab, that's what I've done. I have my single jump host. I've got two instances of Cloud Builder and the VLC that deployed VCF two times. And then from there, I went a little step further and deployed HCX. And now I have the ability to run HCX um, across both sites. So 
to take that a little further, I made a new script that's available out here. Um, and so I got this publicly available. It's out on GitHub. This script allows you to then automate the deployment of all the HCX components and gets it all the way almost. We're at 95% right now. We're waiting for a couple API updates uh, in a future release of Power CLI. Um, but once that comes out, we'll have this 100% automation that plugs into what Ben has created here with the VLC. I'm going to plug in and say, okay, you can deploy two sites of uh, a VLC environment, two VCF environments, um, put this into this script, and it will automatically deploy all of the HAX components and configure all of it for you. So let's walk through. I got a quick demo that I can show you this running. So here on this, I have, close this little window. Uh, on the left, we've got a vCenter instance, and you can see the ESXi hosts here are called ESXi1-HelloA. On the right here, this is ESXi1-HelloB. So I've got two completely separate uh, VCF instances, just kind of like we showed in the logical view. And here I've got the PowerShell script for deploying HCX. So I'm going to go ahead and launch the script here. Just executing the script, the first thing it does, I don't have a fancy GUI like Ben has on the VLC. This one just runs the command line. Um, we're going to grab the HCX inputs. So I got two files for this, the PowerShell script and an input file. You should never have to edit anything in the PowerShell script, only the INI file. We grab the INI file, open that up. And it just automatically kicks off the installation of this. So what's going to happen is it's going to initially start deploying the HCX OVA management appliance. And so here on the left, we see the HCX management appliance get deployed. It phones home to VMware, powers on, uh, sets up the, and activates the license keys for HCX, and then completely configures HCX on this site. Then it's going to repeat the process and deploy the HCX appliance on the right side here. So here we can see the HCX manager getting deployed and it's gonna go through the same process. It's gonna phone home to uh, VMware and activate the license keys. It's gonna register the vCenter appliances, the NSX components, and then it sets up all the networking configuration components so that this can deploy uh, all the different uh, service appliances for HCX. Once this is done, it goes through the process of actually site pairing everything, which means the two HCX managers are then connected to each other and can see each other. Um, and then the next step is to actually create a service mesh. And that's where it starts to build that instance of uh, being able to migrate virtual machines between these two sites using HCX. So you can see my script ended with a failure. So what happened here is I have two VMware Cloud Foundation instances and these are both deployed with NSX. And what I'm missing is an API that allows me to select an NSX segment for network extension instead of a distributed switch. And so that's all I'm missing. As soon as PowerCLI comes out with the next version, I've got an API for that and we'll fix this script. So in order to take us past this last step where it automates everything else, we're going to go in and just take a quick tour of the UI and finish the installation of HCX and configure everything. So on the left here, we can see we're at the main dashboard page. Site pairing is complete, and we'll just take a quick look at that. So we've got uh, hollow A deployed here, and it's connected to hollow B, right? So the two sites are connected to each other. Um, we'll go to interconnect, take a look at compute profile. So the compute profile for HX has been completed and filled out for using the PowerShell script. Then we've got the network profiles. And so network profiles uh, tell how to deploy the service appliances for HCX in each site. So you got to configure, hey, I'm going to deploy the uh, WAN extension appliance, and I need to know what IPs in order to deploy that service appliance for HCX. We're giving it the IP ranges for vMotion and those service appliances here. And that's, that's going to configure the HCX on this site. We can take a quick tour of the other site, that's site two here. And same thing, it's site paired. You know, these two are connected to each other. So we can see the compute profile is completely configured. We've got network profiles. And so what we need to do to fix this is just jump into the compute profile here. We're going to edit it and we're going to just go continue all the way 
to the point where we say, hey, I don't want to use the virtual distributed switch. I want to use the uh, transport zone instead for migrating uh, and extending layer two networks. So with NSX installed, we got to use the transport zone for this. So that's all we're going to do. Save this, finish, and we'll jump over to the other side and repeat the process over here for this one, doing the same exact thing. Continue, continue. And there's a lot yeah, of clicking. The API call is going to be nice. It really will be. So this automating this is just... And that's where this script is so cool. There are a ton of clicks to configure HCX. Um, so being able to do this entirely, just type out this uh, your inputs in an INI file and then just run it uh, across two sites. And you can use this not only in this lab, right? You can use this in uh, your production site. So being able to have that API for our customers is going to be so nice. So there we go. We save the two compute profiles. They're ready to go. Now we're going to do the service mesh creation. So we'll click create service mesh, continue. We're going to use the compute profile on site A, the compute profile on site B, hit continue. And it's just kind of asking us if we want to make any changes to some of our settings already set. So we're going to grab the um, uplink. So for the uplink uh, to connect the two sites together, we're going to use the management network in both sites for the lab here. Continue, continue, and give it a name. Hit finish. And then this goes through the process of automating the install. And we'll take a look at the inventory here. And so while this is this um, installation bar is going across, you can see the HX service appliances get deployed here in the HX inventory. And, and so it did that on both sides. And so now we have a complete HX service mesh deployed. And we'll just expand side A here. And we can see now we have migration capabilities ready to go, right? So this thing is ready to uh, do migrations. And so if I jump out to the actual live lab where I recorded that quick demo, because uh, that normally would take a little while. Let's see. Uh, yeah, let's do this. Save this window back up. This is the lab over here. There it is. All right. So here's the lab where we recorded that. And so I actually uh, extended a network. So if we take a look at, this is the hollow A side. Um, and then I have extended a tiny segment, right? So I created a segment inside NSX, inside this lab. Um, and then... If we go look at some of the inventory here inside the site, we can see this is the hollow A site. I've got two tiny virtual machines that we can then migrate over to the B side uh, within this environment. So let's jump over to HCX and I haven't even fully tested this yet. So we'll do it live. Um, live demo, that's what it's all about. That's right. And hope that this works. We're going to migrate and grab tiny VM one, add it to the list here. And then we got to say, all right, where are we going to migrate it to? So we'll say, we're going to migrate it. We're on A right now. We're going to go to over to ESXi one hollow B, grab the storage on that side. We're going to use vSAN storage and we'll do a vMotion. Validate it. And it's going to overcommit the data store, which we fully expect inside of a nested lab environment. Um, and we'll start the migration. So, Ken, what do you think of being able to deploy HCX and actually do migrations inside of two sites on a single ESRXI host, physical host, inside your I lab environment? I'm actually excited about it. I think it's something that I can use personally in my job as a VMware partner to kind of show some use cases off to the customers. I want to make sure I understand something though. So we've got two nested VCF environments that are communicating with each other. You know, they get, they've got routing enabled, uh, which is enabling us to use HCX to do things like extend layer two segments or do migrations. Did you say that you've set it up so that it's automated to the point where I don't have to worry about creating that routing or do I have to create the routing between the two nested VCF environments for this to work? So you have to deploy this router here, right? Okay. In the environment. 
um, to have these two kind of tenants be with inside the lab. Right? Okay. And configuring the VLC deployment within the lab, we, we provide uh, a guide to, to actually make sure that you can deploy two VLANs like this. Um, okay, so this would be the EFSense router that Ben was talking about earlier. Yeah, you exactly. could optionally deploy. Okay, yep. cool. And not related, but I'm curious, what is it you were using there where you had browser windows within your browser window to show off everything you were doing between the two different... Uh, that's that's a beautiful piece of proprietary software we use to record uh, uh, demos uh, at VMware. And so we call that iSim. That's our iSim simulator. So it can just helps us be able to uh, speed up demo uh, creation and display for those long running processes, right? So uh -huh. that... That little uh, demo of deploying HEX, it could take, uh, I don't know, roughly 30 to 45 minutes, but I can click through it and you get to see the same uh, feeling of it across gotcha. it. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So with that, let's see. I think this migration should be kicking off. Yeah, it's still trying to calculate it here. Yeah, it's going through the process. So this could take a little while, um, but that gives you a good idea of this thing's going to take tiny VM from uh, site one over to site two and um, be able to move VMs, vMotion live, right? You can test all the different HCX components um, here inside of the VLC lab that we've got with Ben's lab constructor. So this is kind of that ultimate use case of what do you want to do with this lab environment? You can a lot of stuff right whatever you want yeah right. so with that i'll pass it back to ben okay let's uh real quick just go check on our lab i know we're kind of over time right um so here we can see all of the vbb the v brown bag cloud builder got deployed right we were kind of watching that now it's started up we've got seven hosts that are deployed it's um going through the kickstart script uh, now, and it's configuring and, and continuing to deploy all of those. Then kind of the next step um, for VLC is it will inject that JSON file into the API on Cloud Builder. Um, and then, you know, Bob's your mother's brother, as they say, and uh, you'll, you'll go ahead and uh, end up with a, an SDDC fully configured in just a little while. Um, okay. So. And so I learned two important things already uh, tonight. One, make sure that I'm not highlighting anything in the PowerShell window. That would, that would not be uh, in the deployment guide, most likely. And B, uh, Bob's your mother's brother. That's, that's, that's a good one. I had not heard that before. So I learned at least two things tonight. So thank you for that. <laughs> I'm glad it was those two and not the, not the what IT people are all about one. Okay. So, um, couple of things, right? Licenses is always a big question. Ken brought up the expert licensing. Uh, we also got VMUG licensing, right? The VMUG Advantage program will give you everything that you need as far as licensing to do this, right? Uh, and we actually have a discount code, which, you know, Heath pinged the people and got it reactivated today. So it's 10% off for a year subscription. Um, so it's like, what, 180 bucks then, some, something like that for you know, all the licensing you need right. to do, yep. uh, anything, right, uh, and, and even more. Um, so I did talk about the step-by-step -step labs that we have, uh, right, my my director, Jim Seneca, he's got this up on his GitHub. So everything from, you know, doing um, zero trust, SDN, uh, building out networks, both manually and then automated, kind of that step-by-step -step so that you uh, crawl, walk, run, uh, and kind of learn as you're building the labs. And at the end, right, you actually have a, a shopping cart app set up and, and, and running, and you can test different things to see how you can break it. Um, but it's, it's, it's great that it's, and it's built for, uh, the, the labs, all the default part. Now, how do I get this? Where do I go? This is, uh, that information, right? Um, so the tiny.cc stuff, you know, that's always updated for Git VLC. It'll be the latest one. I didn't even know that Jason animated that GIF. I did yeah. not even know that. Yeah, I did that a while ago. Oh, you did it. Well, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah, the the 
VLC Slack, there's uh, 15, 1600 people over there now, uh, right? So get over there, ask questions. Uh, occasionally we have giveaways, right? You can see like I got pillows behind me and I got face masks and I got like can koozies and stuff. Not that anybody's going to want those in the middle of winter, but uh, you know, maybe, maybe next summer you'll want them. And um, thank you very much for sticking with us for this long and, and listening to it. I, I'm not sure. Are we coming back? Are we going to do um, some more? You think, Ken? Do you want to? Because you're always welcome back. I feel uh, like we're not finished. Like we haven't seen all the things. So well, then, yeah. then we should see more things. Uh, okay. Why don't I get with you and reschedule? I think we got something scheduled for next week. Um, and I think two weeks from now. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's not record us figuring out schedules because that's just going to bore the viewers. I agree. <laughs> Let's connect afterwards and, and figure that out. And we will we will see you back for another follow-up session for more VLC goodness. How's that sound? Sounds good. Awesome. awesome. Maybe by that time, I'll have my work lab in a state where you can kind of guide me through this. Like I'm the newbie and I'm amazed by the time the recording's done at how easy it was to get everything set up or something like that. That'd be fantastic. Absolutely. No problems though, guys. But maybe I'll be ready for it by that time. No pressure. No pressure. All right, you can cool. Do it. Sure can. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna pause for just a moment. We have a few, you know, notes in the QA, like great session. Thank you. Very informative. If there are any questions, now's your chance to get them out there. If not, we will end the recording here and say good night to everybody. So um if you have a question. Type it now or hit or just type wait and exclamation point and I'll wait for you to get the whole question in the chat. And I'm waiting and I'm not seeing him. I'm not even seeing a dot dot dot. So I'm gonna say we're good. Uh thank you, Ben. Thank you, Heath. Appreciate both of you joining us tonight. And we'll see you the next time, whenever that is. Uh, I'm gonna hit awesome. stop recording.